Welcome to Return to Oz Minute, where we're analyzing the 1985 Disney film Return to Oz one goodbye Wheeler minute at a time. I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Mike Carlucci. And this week, we're joined by a very special guest, all the way from the Princess Bride Minute, Jonathan Carlyle. Hello! It's great to be here. Time traveled back a year to join us and return to Oz, or a year or two. 87. So, yep, this year, 19, uh, 2017 is the 30th anniversary of the film. This this month, actually. I think the you know when this comes out, I think it'll be the 30th you guys anniversary. do that on purpose? <laughs> we actually uh, started our podcast kind of in response to the 30th anniversaries for Return to Oz, which were not negative, but almost universally creeped out by the film, I think. I didn't see any think pieces being like, oh, remember this great movie that we all loved? So we had to start a whole podcast to rectify that. Well, I will say probably that creep factor is kind of what drew me to the movie. So I don't know if we want to talk about that now or wait till later. We got plenty of time. I mean, I I do have some notes for this minute. It's just it's a little bit. It's a very dramatic minute. The minute we're talking about is minute 63, which starts with. Some wheelers wheeling into the deadly desert and the unfortunate things that come to them. Oh my God. Deadly so well desert. Done. The minute ends with the gump falling apart in midair. <laughs> so it is, yeah, a very dramatic minute, as I said. Um, I mean, I love the effects in this minute. They're spectacular, but it's oh, yeah. mostly we we watch a couple deaths and then have to worry that the same thing's going to happen to all our protagonists. Yeah, I think there's, uh, what, six wheelers that fall into the sand? I mean, we only see one really, you know, get it, but, but I think six of them fall yeah, in. Yeah, it's... It's quite a few. Yeah, it's a handful. I think you might be right. It's definitely at least four. Well, I kind of cheated. I mean, I did count them myself, but I was doing some research, and I don't know if it was Wikipedia or some website. I just saw, like, you know, one of the top lines that says, you know, six fall in okay. and seven don't, and I was like, oh. I didn't realize there was that many of them. Yeah. So, so I went so, back and counted. I was like, yeah, those they're right. Those sound good to me. So. Um, starting at second four, I mean, you can almost go frame by frame through five and six to watch him be consumed by the deadly desert. It's amazing. Oh, oh I love that. So good. And I don't know. Uh, I don't know where you guys are from, but um, Snow Angels. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with those? You know, making snow oh, angels. Yeah. I, I don't get at all how they did this effect so well i mean i'm sure you know that's what people do but this guy is laying down in the sand and you know not much changes around him except for him turning to sand so you know it's it's pretty hard to make a snow angel and then get out of it without messing it all up so so i'm not sure how they got him out of there freeze it and use that same like just replicate that frame and overlay the sand i don't know this isn't one of the effects that comes up when they talk about the behind the scenes stuff usually at least not in what i've seen Um, I keep joking. I really want the giant behind the scenes. Like I'm looking at the making of Star Wars, those giant books that they have. And I was like, you know, we don't really have that information. (laughs) Got a few fan websites (laughs) like that. That's kind of and, you know, IMDb, not quite as extensive, Um, but it. And our rescued domain, Weogtiogpiog, was a large fan site that went under years ago. Oh yeah! Oh wow! So it's so it, so. How, how long did that last? I don't know. I remember looking at it like the late 
late 90s, early 2000s. And then at some point I revisited it and the site was gone. And then when we started doing the podcast, I was like, well, I'm going to buy that domain. <laughs> A piece of history. <laughs> so what uh, what year did this movie come out then? 85. 85. Well, so they, they waited until the internet was created and then somebody made a fan page and yeah. then it went away. So so that's interesting. Just just the time separation, especially with this movie that, you know, there's not necessarily people clamoring for that kind of thing. It makes me sad because I like to believe that all the fan websites I visited in the late 90s, early 2000s are still out there if I just knew the URL. <laughs> like if I just remembered the really complicated, and remember the rings? Like, you'd find one website, and then you'd click to the next in the oh, ring. Yeah. Like, if you just knew what those URLs were, yep. like, it'd still be there in all, yeah, in the all the and all that stuff. GeoCities glory. Tripod, Angel Fire. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I'm sure a lot of them just bit the dust as the original fan site did. There are others. It's not like there's no information on this movie out there, but it's really hard to that, that was a good pun by the way tyranny bit the dust <laughs> yep this is this is what happens to them it's very sad um i also <laughs> it, it's not as technically fascinating because i mean i know how they did it it's still beautifully done the face crumbling in the sand which happens right after we see the body turn to sand like the mask part breaks off and then you see it everything just it, it's just crumbling. It's really, really well done. Yeah, I, I, I was impressed. I I saw this movie quite a few times when I was younger. Um, I haven't seen the full movie in quite a while, but uh, it, you know, some of these effects really hold up. And I, I we get to some other stuff later this week that I, I, I really like as well. They knew what they were doing. It's one of those where every so often I love when movies are, and I keep saying this even though it sounds wrong, but they're better than they needed to be. Like, when something's just done really well, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, you could have phoned that in. I would have accepted it. Um, so, yeah, you gave us this great Wheeler impression at the top of the podcast. Um, were you a fan? Now, what was your reaction to the Wheelers if you saw this growing up? Um, they were creepy. They, you know, they they were a little, a little bothersome. Um, but I, I don't, I, there was so much about... I would. I'm going to be honest that this movie is the only reason that I ever uh, that Oz ever kind of piqued my interest. You know, I, I'd seen the original movie that you know everybody's seen and everybody loves, um, and I'm not saying anything bad about it. But it's 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 you know it's pretty. Uh, how do I say? Not clean necessary, but it's pretty safe. You know, I know a lot of people still got scared by it, but but uh, it, it was you know I wasn't hugely into musicals and stuff. And then this came along. And it kind of took me by surprise because I didn't really know what it was and where it came from. Um, just I knew it was Oz related. And then but it was just uh, kind of creepy. You know, it was a little bit on edge. It wasn't as safe, I guess. And uh, yes. so I kind of like could have been hanging out at Mike's house growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is this movie is really the only reason I ever even bothered to look into the books. And and I haven't read many of them, but I've read versions of of some of them and. And uh, I I like it more than I thought I ever yeah. would based on this is a much movie. better intro if you're gonna go look at the books than the Judy Garland film. Um, yes, I waffle in that. Of course, I like the MGM musical, and there are certain things like we were just talking about effects done well. And I will shout it out again: the transition from when she goes from inside the house out into Munchkin Land 
Like, I already knew what color TV looked like. That wasn't amazing to me. But even now in 2017, rewatching that, <laughs> it's just the transition is done so well. It's still breathtaking. And it's been it, almost a century. Um, so I, I do like that. It has its moments. You know, I know a lot of people who like, that's their favorite movie, but I worked at a summer camp and I've been involved in too many, let's, let's tactfully say interesting productions of the Wizard of Oz. Um, at one point we threatened to ban it forever because we couldn't take it anymore. Um, because it was easy to do. And between Munchkin Land and the Emerald City, you always had a big cast. You only really needed a couple kids who could really sing, you know, well on their own. Sure. And it became a go-to. And you, you do it enough times. And you rehearse that enough times. And you get those songs stuck in your head enough. And it. I had to take a break. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched the musical all the way through. And yet I've watched this, you know, three times this year already. <laughs> And I know this is your baby, Mike. <laughs> yeah, no, I was the, the same. I was the same way. Like, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about it before, but like th- this movie gives you the, the uh, you know, The Wizard of Oz has music and animals and singing. It has a lot of, it has a lot of neat stuff. And there's just enough, there's just enough of a flavor of kind of the weirdness and uh, sort of eccentric nature of, of Oz. That if you if you saw that you can you can understand how this movie exists and how the books exist, uh, but even being just such a mashup of you know two different books and the concept of of Oz, like this this had a lot to a lot to really draw draw on. And if look if this had been made now, I mean you know we we had the there was the miniseries and then there was um, you know the James Franco film uh, that were that were really more 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 mainstream because everyone well no the miniseries is really weird but but people want want to latch on to the <laughs> wizard of oz the mgm the ruby slippers they want to latch on to that memory and trying to draw from the the other oz properties like he, it's not it's not like that it's just so it's so different and you know people have talked about everything from the uh, you know if, if that this was an allegory for the the silver standard you know against gold like it's it's almost in you know, in a way, it's just so far removed from where we are now that it's just you can you can go with with Return to Oz and have it be strange and different, or you can go with go with the you know a reimagining, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do because we've had other other guests have, have suggested you know with Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, Narnia, you know people have been doing these uh, anthology sets of films based on based on books, like this is out there, it's in the public domain, someone could. Someone could revive it if you can get over having to stand up against a hundred year old super success story. Sure. And I think I think uh, even reading the stories, um, you know, this one, this movie feels a little truer to the books to me. Um, And I think the thing maybe one way of describing it is that the Judy Garland Wizard of Oz, everything feels like it's cut from the same cloth. You know, it's all from it all feels like it's from the same the same world, the same production where in this movie and in the in the books themselves everything seems kind of a mishmash you know like the wheelers don't really seem to fit with jack pumpkinhead you know like they're two very different things and i just i just like that mishmash of everything together there's a chicken with a girl with a metal man you know um 
and you know jack is is very stick like and you know I, I i like the contrast and the just things not going together and in the the larger oz world is is all the same way there's all these you know the, the porcelain people and uh, yeah. I don't know. That was the thing that amazed like me it. the most reading the books for the first time was how small the MGM version of Oz is compared to the books. And how you were saying like, oh, yeah, with all these different creatures and stuff at the same time, even when you have different creatures escorting Judy Garland, it is very beat by beat. First, we're going to meet this person. OK, get used to this person. Now we'll meet this type of person and we'll give you some time to get used to them. There, You're right. There is kind of a safety to it that the books didn't never had. <laughs> and this one and this one held on to. I, no. I feel like I'm, you know, morally obligated by doing this podcast to watch the James Franco Oz movie. But I don't think it was very successful mm. when it came out I, either. So, it, you know, no. it's, not, it's not Return to Oz's fault. <laughs> No, I'd say that the James Franco movie is is a return to kind of that safe uh, mode that I don't really care for. You know, it's it's a, it's almost worse in the way that there's so much CG that it just looks like it's all the same production. You know what I mean? Like, just in contrast to what I was just saying, that it, it kind of goes back to that original, which, you know, probably some people really like it as far as that goes. But um, there's just I like I like the edgy kind of weirdness of we're in of the this land one. of practical effects here <laughs> and that one didn't do it for me yeah oh yeah i also love speaking of so we get these amazing i guess you'd call them like stop motion even though that's not really what they were doing <laughs> effects um and then in her cut with that are the wheelers talking doing their lovely deadly desert um just in case we weren't sure what was going on but i love that as Right, the gump right. is flying away. The gump gets away. He's flying off. He suddenly looks way far ahead of them again. But I love that the wheelers are yelling, you know, we're going to get you and taunting them. And it's like, you're so far away and almost half of your group just died. Like, these are the emptiest threats that have ever been threatened. Yeah, so are these, are these all the wheelers? I think it might be. I mean, even when, yeah. So, so to reiterate what you just said, like, you know, almost half of them just died. I mean, so, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> that's that pretty crazy. The biggest groups of wheelers we see are these guys hitting the desert when they were asleep at mommy's house. They all got up at that point. And the fight with TikTok earlier in the uh, movie. And I don't think, I mean, I didn't count them, but it didn't look like there were more than a dozen in that scene. Yeah, I don't think we ever get... I mean, we, we don't have any idea that there's, oh, there's multiple teams of wheelers. And this was the, you know, these were Mombi's night guards. Yeah. Yeah. And the only comment in the only comment in the script, uh, we get the lead wheeler among those fortunate ones who managed to stop in time. Mm-hmm. He shakes his wheels in mindless rage at the gump. It's like they should have, you know, I mean, they've been in Oz. Mm-hmm. How does the Deadly Desert just sneak up on them? It is. And what was their plan? <laughs> They're on the ground. Yeah, I mean, that that is completely fair. It is right up against these trees in a way that it didn't seem... Oh, maybe it was when Dorothy kind of hopscotched across. But it's not like they're on an open area where you see it. So I could see the first ones like not realizing how close they are and not being able to stop in time. But you're right. They had to know the desert was coming, even if they weren't sure exactly where... I don't know. Yeah. Did they think the gump wouldn't be 
able to make it that far. Like maybe they'd have to put down because originally their plan was to set down once it was light out. In case they reached the desert before then. They didn't have a plan either. Jesus, you're right. You just like cracked this wide open. Well, maybe Mombi was going to use her stick. Oh my god. Like that's... <laughs> the MacGuffiniest MacGuffin that ever MacGuffined. Um, it's not because it's referred to once and never used in this movie, but... Yeah, that could be the answer for everything. Mombi was gonna use her stick. Uh, and then, I, again, this seems like such a, it's a little kids movie thing, but the way TikTok's like, oh, we're flying over the deadly desert, just in case anyone didn't catch that. Um, they look back. <laughs> God. Have, have they, at this point in the movie, have they already like described pretty well what the deadly desert does? And Yes. And, uh, when um, Dorothy shows up, she is to warn Belina. So I will give that. The movie does a very okay. good job of working in exposition naturally, where it's like, and, yeah. and then doubling it up just in case. And Pons Mar brings it up when they shut the door of the hallway. He says that they'll tear them into little pieces mm-hmm. and throw them in the deadly desert, which, you know, if you if the wheelers have already torn them into yeah, pieces, but... <laughs> that being turned into sand is less of a threat than it otherwise would be. Now, I did find, I don't know if you've talked about this specifically yet, but uh, I did find that like in the early books, or maybe just the, you know the first book, I'm not sure. The Deadly Desert was pretty much just a desert, and then as the stories progressed, also the kind of magical power of the desert progressed. It you know it, it was just a desert, and people would die in it just because mm. it's a desert. Um, but then as as he wrote the stories, that the it you know it Got started killing people a little faster. Um, yeah, I didn't remember that, but it's been a while since I read the first one. I read um the graphic novel version of Ozma of Oz when we were in pre-production mm. and there uh, someone has like a magical carpet that unrolls before them and makes a road you can travel across the deadly desert mm-hmm. on and that's how someone gets across so it's it's yep. really cool but by that point this is already the no 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 you cannot touch that it is not it's gonna end bad. right right um but yeah, I, I remember it being there in the first book. I just don't remember details. I hadn't picked up on that, that it got deadlier as time went by. Now I'm just thinking of King's Quest V, when you had to like keep track of where the oasis was <laughs> so you didn't die in the desert. It seemed pretty Oh my goodness, those games. I had... It's, a, it's such a hard. I I uh I never got to the point of actually mapping out each screen, but I knew that I should. I was to that point where I needed to in order to remember where everything. See, I got was. really annoyed because my sister and I mapped out the desert literally screen by screen and made this whole grid and the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And then years later, when we were like moving computer games or something, we found it. It was in the booklet. There was a map. <laughs> Made oh, man. by, um, oh God, I can picture the logo, but not the name of the company that made those games. But the, uh, Sierra? Sierra, Sierra. It was in there, like right there. And my dad played this game. He had to have known that. He never said anything. Anyway, sorry. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah, that desert could be very deadly as well. But this one is instantaneous. And I can only assume mm. that all our characters are going to die in the next minute because the gump is falling apart. Oh, yeah, that's uh, to go along with like the creepiness of the movie like that. Not that the gump is creepy necessarily, but how shoddy he's put together like that. 
It, I mean, it's good movie magic because just from the very beginning, as soon as they take off, you just have that yeah. feeling of like, that's eh, going to fall apart. And, you know, as soon as they get over the desert, you're like, yeah, oh, now it's really bad. That, like, but, um, he says at one point, like, I don't feel too well put together. And Jack's just like, don't say it, like, almost like, yeah. don't say that out loud. We all know. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my last note was... Yeah, well, Jack's not yeah, so well put together. <laughs> Um, my last episode was everything's going to be fine now if it weren't for that pesky fraying rope that's definitely going to doom them all. Because <laughs> it, once it starts to go, it goes quickly. And I do like the sound effect. Like, we don't just see yeah. the gum falling apart. We yeah. hear it start to fall apart. <laughs> do you think the characters hear it too? You think they're all sitting in the couches just listening oh. to that rope just stretch and they're like, oh, yep. oh yep. it's happening. Um, and I think right at the end of this minute, we do see... Dorothy and Belina wake up and everyone's starting to panic, right? Not this minute. Wait, now I have a question. Yeah. Where did that red blanket come from? That's uh, uh, is it Jack's vest or something he puts on it. Oh, it yeah. is. Good call. Because his was like reversible. Oh, yeah. Nope. Everyone's up and panicking. Sounds about <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I don't know if they're really, I mean, they're jostled pretty well. I don't know if they're panicking. They're just kind of like, well, at least TikTok, TikTok's not. He's well, like, yeah, I got it. I'm holding it. That's okay. true. But he is horizontal to the ground. Yeah. Maybe I'm projecting. <laughs> I'm panicking for them. Um, you mentioned a little bit earlier that you would, you know, watch this growing up. Do you remember how this movie came into your life? <laughs> Which sounds more, you know dramatic than it really is of just hey remember the first time you saw a knock on the door um yeah no i i think it was just that magical time of uh hbo and vcrs and you know taping everything and plus this is disney so somehow that worked its way in too Uh, i don't know if it was ever like a sunday night disney movie or or what but i'm sure we had it recorded and i'm sure i watched that recording many times yeah i wonder were they doing the sunday nights because I remember when those when the Saturday night on ABC came back, it was a big deal. But that was too like they wouldn't have shown this by that point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. the The 80s were such a weird time for Disney that it's it's kind of hard to keep track of exactly where all the different pieces were. Uh, no, because they did the Disney Sunday movie from 1986 okay. to 1988, and the Magical World of Disney. Uh, with Michael Eisner yeah. as host, mm-hmm. uh, started in '88. Okay. So they were both Disney Sunday movie, and then the Magical World were both uh, both Eisner Eisner ships. Okay. I was thinking of the the Saturday the Magical Evening one, but I bet this was a Sunday movie at one point. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, '86 to '88. Yeah, it's better than a lot of the other you know made-for-TV movies they were making. So exactly. <laughs> and I mean, they already they they owned it. What harm could it do? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was never uh, the program's ratings were never as strong as the established sixty minutes and the scripted mystery series Murder She Wrote on CBS. Oh. <laughs> to be fair, I kind of get that. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't into that when I was a kid. I Murder She Wrote. I mean, yeah, no. I remember its existence. Some grown-up in my life watched that because I remember watching Murder, She Wrote and I remember watching Murphy Brown. Like, I remember them being on and the grown-ups all mm-hmm. knowing what was happening in them, even if I didn't. 
but I have a friend now who absolutely loves Murder, She Wrote. So it has come to mean a lot to my group of friends. And it's very entertaining. And I also love all the conspiracy theories that, like, Jessica's actually a serial killer because why would there be so many murders in this small town? (laughs) But that is neither here nor there. Now that I'm thinking about Cabot Cove, anyone else have anything else about minute 63 of Return to Oz? I do not. Not for this minute. Okay. I think I'm going to save it. Ooh. All right. Well, everyone come back tomorrow and we'll hear what's going on. But for that, if you just can't get enough of us, Jonathan, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Yes, uh, I'm a co-host of the Princess Bride Minute. You can find us at theprincessbrideminute.com. We have actually finished the movie proper, but we will um, have a few episodes, you know, covering some other things uh, coming out in the next few months or so. Um, But you can always start from the beginning if you haven't, and... uh, uh, which actually makes me kind of nervous because I haven't gone back and listened to the beginning. <laughs> Maybe you should start in a few episodes. I don't know. Um, but yeah, some people like it and some people don't listen. So you can choose which one you want to be. But uh, that's where we're at. Um, yeah, I really like there's a podcast, The Gilmore Guys, that was doing Gilmore Girls an episode at a time. And when you mm. start back with, you know, season one, episode one, they recorded a little couple minute thing that's like hi we got a lot better at this as we went along please don't judge us by these first episodes like we're not gonna re-record the whole things but we want you to know it gets better than this so i i found that very charming and i would actually be very yeah i would be nervous to like go back and listen to our show from the beginning because there's such a learning curve with podcasting um if you are curious what we sounded like on the first episode and you haven't been listening from the beginning well you can go to return to ozminute.com which has all our back episodes as well as links to our social media which is mostly under oz minute twitter facebook facebook group is also uh, more commonly referred to as the Return to Oz Minute listeners flying sofa. And ours isn't falling apart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're set. <laughs> Got the extra rope, just in case. <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, come back tomorrow and we'll see if we can save these guys as they're flying and falling over the deadly desert. Who wants to start off the magic words, Mike? Weog. Tiog. Piog. Piog. Piog.